Well, 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 well. Little brother wins again. Maybe we're not little brother that much anymore. Michigan State 37, Michigan 33. Welcome to Bacon Wire. Uh, my voice is a little better from Saturday. Not much, though. But uh, we got Spartan Dog with us, and we got uh, Carter with us. And- Lucas, what did Braylon say? <laughs> what, said- did Braylon, what did Braylon say? He said we were racist. <laughs> what did he say? No, I, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you, Carter. What did Braylon say? He said he didn't. He didn't. He couldn't Don't tell us how to do. <laughs> Listen, you have my number, Carter. If you want to talk to me, you can call me. <laughs> uh, oh man, what a game! Um, I mean, we, Carter was on the pod with me and Lieutenant Colonel Lewis Johnson. Um, you know, that was a great reaction pod and, um, I'm glad we're back early. I'm glad we're recording on Monday. So this will drop Tuesday. Um, but it's good to be out of the prisoner of the moment, but I'm still, I'm still buzzing off of 48 hours ago. I mean, I was, I got home around like this time two days ago and I'm still buzzing and, I'm, I'm feeling great about this team. I mean, we all should, obviously, but man, I haven't felt this. I haven't felt this in six years and um, man, I can't get, I'm just going to stop talking. I'll let one of you guys go. No, I like, so I, I have a lot of pent up energy, so I'm just gonna, I'm going to run ISO for a little bit. Yeah, go for uh, it. And just kind of cut me off when I get to, when I get too off track or it's I get right. too crazy. I'm going to mute. Uh, so Look, I, I, first of all, I want to thank you guys for holding on the fort while I was in land shark gripping tequila shots. That was, um, that was real clutch. You guys, thank you. Uh, my sincerest thanks to Lieutenant Colonel Lewis Johnson. Thank you for your service. Uh, and you know, uh, Saturday, Saturday was, um, one of, the most rewarding days I think I've ever had as a, um, as a Michigan state Spartan, because, you know, I think Lewis said it best on Saturday in the post game, like last year, it was like funny, right? Last year when we beat Michigan on more than anything else, it was fucking hilarious, right? It wasn't like an indication that that Tucker was here. It wasn't like it didn't, it was, there wasn't any residual momentum from that game because we went to Kinnick and got our fucking asses shitted uh, the six days later. Uh, but, you know, this year, this year, this year, you know, shout out to our friend Jedrick Wills on Twitter and uh, our, our friends at the Tone Setters. This year set the tone for what the, for what the present and future of this rivalry is. And, you know, uh, you know, to, to borrow from uh, SNL character Stefan, this hate week had everything. It had former players talking shit. It had the national media disrespecting MSU. <laughs> it, had, uh, it had coaches posing on the sideline. 
It had everything. And the best thing it had was a Michigan State victory. <laughs> and I got to be honest, guys, 15 and 17, you know, the, the Hoke era, I think, was, was less satisfying personally, right? Because I think we all knew that Brady Hoke wasn't a good coach. It was just fun to watch them squirm. But to have, and you know, 15, like 15 was awesome. It'll go down in memory forever. 17 was great, right? But they have this year in 20, you know, fucking hilarious, uh, funniest fucking funniest win, I think, in program history. I'm, I'm willing to put that on the line. Like there have been better wins in program history and better wins in the Michigan rivalry. But that's by far the fun. Last year, the Michigan game was by far the funniest win in program history. <laughs> and, you know, this year, Michigan did not hold back. They had, they knew what we were going to do, and they game planned to counter us. And they were playing really well. And they were. And they had us, they had us, they had us dead to rights. But you know what? At the end of the day, there's been a lot of commentary on this game. There's a lot of MSU podcasts. Fellini gets four, got four hours today to just fucking gloat and be interrupted by Rico every 30 seconds. Uh, but you know, one thing I've never heard, I didn't hear anyone say across all the MSU content we had today is that Jim Harbaugh is a fucking pussy. He has no balls. He has no desire to win football games. Because if he had any desire to win football games, he wouldn't have been settling for field goals. Your coach? Exactly, Carter. Jim Harbaugh is a football-hating pussy. You know, shout out to John Gruden. Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh wasn't coaching to win. He was coaching not to lose. He was coaching. That's the ultimate form of of arrogance, right? It's like Coach D'Antonio said. That doesn't come from the coach. That comes from the program, right? To, To go, we're okay with taking three here, right? We don't need to take seven. We don't need to go for it. We'll just kick three. Three's gonna be enough, right? Not only is that a pussy maneuver, it's also arrogant. Like, to think that you don't need seven points to beat another top 10 undefeated team in their own house is fucking arrogant. So fuck you, Jim Harbaugh. Fuck you, Taylor Lewan, you scumbag piece of shit. Fuck you, Braylon Edwards, you drunk motherfucker. You don't know who anyone on Michigan State's defense is because you look at the roster and you see it in triplicate, you fucking asshole. Uh, fuck you, uh, Colin Cowherd, for fucking sitting poolside with your fucking T-shirt uh, going, uh, hey, going, oh, LSU's the better job. Bell Tucker should take the LSU job after you get done playing, after you get done playing grab ass with your sister's friends. Fucking dick. And then you're going, oh, I love Jim Hart. I, I love Mel Tucker. I, I thought LMSU was going to do yeah, yeah. Gus Johnson, you're cool. 
the kind of you you called a great game today. You called a great game on Saturday. Props to you. Uh, no notes. Uh, fuck you. Uh, fuck you. Anyone in the mission in the Detroit media who was hyping up, uh, who was hyping up Mel Tucker to LSU. Fuck you, Sam Webb. Yes. for saying Kenneth Walker had. Had, had had cotton candy yards and, and Brian Cook from MGo, MGo blog. Yeah, well, fuck MGo blog as an yeah. entire organization, top to bottom. Yeah, uh, fuck, fuck EJ, fuck EJ Holland. Uh, you fucking MAGA bitch. Uh, fuck Ryan Ormani, you fucking pussy. Oh. <laughs> he was the definition of tweeting. You the- anchor. You anchor the nine o'clock news, motherfucker. You do what most local news stations give to fucking interns, bitch. Carter is going to walk out of MSU with his journalism degree and host the nine o'clock local news somewhere. You're not fucking special, you fucking twat. Plus, you have fucking British teeth, you fucking bitch. Get some fucking braces, asshole. Yeah, oh, fuck you, Rich Eisen. You sent there. And fucking <laughs> fuck you, Rich Eisen. You sat there and you were like, oh, do 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 Kenneth Walker's really good. He's legit. But it shouldn't have even mattered because the referees were so fucking bad. And Kenneth Walker wouldn't have had no touchdowns if Michigan State wasn't holding. Eight minutes bitching about the refs. I will half of it was spent legitimately criticizing, right? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? I know I've said this on the podcast before. I know I have. I grew up playing high-level travel sports. Both my siblings grew up playing high-level travel sports, right? And when you play high-level travel sports for as long as me and my siblings did, there's going to be times where you get hosed. A strike is called that shouldn't have been called a strike. You don't get back points when you should be getting it. You, uh, you know, an offsides doesn't get called in soccer. And it leads to a goal because you were two on one. Right. You're. You know, you get called for a bullshit crease violation. Right. I can point to I can point to 20 things in my athletic in my short and pretty unimpressive athletic career where I was I was hosed by a referee. My sister who plays Division 2 college softball who is an NCAA athlete has probably 10 times the as probably 10 times the the examples of her getting shit on by the referees. But you know what my parents told us after every time we stepped off a field, every time we stepped off a mat, they would, we would start complaining about the refs. And my dad goes, he said to me, he said to all of us, if you have to rely on the refs, you're not playing your game. Can I, can I just add something? Of course. The fumble, the, it wasn't a fumble, but. Um, that was in the second quarter. You had two quarters to put this team away. You didn't do it. Right. That's the thing, right? 
So, yeah, like it was. So Rich Eisen pointed that out, actually. He was like, you know, like the fumble happened. Uh, they called it down. Uh, and, you know, they Michigan State ended up having to punt. Michigan went down and got three. Uh, so that was the difference in four points. What was the final score of the game? Right? Because Michigan lost by four points. Right, but whose fault you is that? They settled up. for field goals. You were up 16 with 20 minutes to go. 93% win probability. You were up 16 points. You knew what Michigan State was going to do. They threw two wrinkles at you. They threw the ball on a fourth and long. They threw the ball on a fourth and medium. And they did a play in the wildcat. But other than that, their play calling was no different from the first half to the second half. You have no one to blame but yourselves, right? You, the refs didn't fuck you, okay? You know what? All this, this refs are against Michigan bullshit. And it makes sense because there's a lot of overlap between these two demographics. Is an awful lot like the election was, is an awful lot like this election bullshit, right? Now, I'm not saying all, all of MSU fandom are like, are like perfect, you know, are leftists with perfect praxis and we're all sitting around at halftime during the marching band performance, you know, reading Das Kapital where, they'll, where the band is playing the Soviet national anthem, right? I'm not claiming to know that. There are shitheads in our own fan base. I'm willing to admit that. Right? I'll be the first one. I'm not throwing stones from glass houses. Okay? Get you farm dog. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> uh, fuck you too. You can get this smoke too while I'm at it, pussy. Uh, you just have to, like, you just have to sit back and laugh. Right? Because... Like, I, the last time I can remember Michigan taking a – take like, the Michigan fandom saying the phrase, we deserve to lose that game and actually mean it, was the Appalachian State game. Mm. I think that's the last time the fan base took legitimate responsibility for, for a loss. Uh. Right? I mean, like, they're, like, Ohio State, whatever, but, like, I'm talking, like, a game they could have won and should have won but lost, right? Let me qualify it that way. Because, frankly, they're not supposed to be Ohio State, right? They haven't been – they haven't been – they haven't supposed – they haven't been able to beat Ohio State in 10 years. The last time they were able to beat Ohio State, it was – it was like when you were playing COD Zombies with your friends – and you had one zombie left, you made a crawler so you could go around and collect guns and shit. That's what Ohio State was in 2011. They were crawlers. And you fucking meleeed them to death. Congratulations. Sorry, Carter, go ahead. It, 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 remi- it, it just, it reminds me of this tweet um, from, a, from a dearly beloved friend, uh, Richard, you Mish Wolverine one, that has been since deleted, uh, was sent yesterday. Think of Michigan like a JV football team. Michigan loses to Varsity Ohio State. That makes sense. 
JV Michigan loses to freshman Michigan State. That oh. doesn't make sense. It's really that simple. With at some point, the superiority complex has to dissolve, right? But it hasn't. I, I hope that's it never we're does. So fascinated by and it. and I hope it never does because, like Coach, like Coach D'Antonio has said time and again, it's not. It's not the. It doesn't come from the coach. It comes from the program, right? Because all week, Michigan, Michigan players and coaches have said time and time again, they've given no multi, They gave us no whiteboard material. There was no little brother speech, right? There was no. Uh, there was no. There was no who, right? At, you know, if you asked Cade McNamara, you probably knew who Chuck Grantley was. He probably knew who Xavier Henderson was. He knew who Jacob Slade and Jacob Panashuk were. Right? They were prepared. Mm-hmm. Hats off to Michigan. They played a great fucking game. They, they knew our weaknesses and exploited them. That was yep. smart. Right? Andrew Anthony, hats off to you, man. You, you fucking, you, you got your shot and you didn't miss. You, you had your shot, you didn't miss. Good for you, man. I'm proud of you. It was a really great game plan by them to introduce him in this game of all games. I mean, he's from Lansing, and he hadn't caught a pass or a, a running play the entire year. And it's like it was like their secret weapon, and they just unleashed him, and he balled out. Absolutely. So I, I just, no notes, you know. Michigan, right. they, they, played, they played a great game. I, there's no, there's no doubt. Mich- they they played a great game. I'm not going to say they deserved to win, because they didn't, right? No. Hardball but, fucking, go ahead. Hardball pussied out, right? It it's either cowardice or arrogance. And I don't think. Let me go back to calling Hardball a pussy. It's a pussy move, right? <laughs> but I don't think Hardball kicked those field goals because he is a pussy. I think he could kick those field goals because he's arrogant because he believes he believed that three points was going to be enough to beat these guys. Right. What did Michigan football tweet out about their defense two days before the game? Um, like, shut them down, run it up or something like that. Shut them down, run it up. Hurt feelings take soul. LFG. LFG. <laughs> right. Um, Carter, you're you're up next. Go ahead and get your rant off. Whatever you want to say. Oh, I didn't have a, a, a rant particularly. I think I got all my unfiltered feelings out during the uh, the immediate post game show. <laughs> I was I, I was just ready to go with with some of my more um, controlled, collected thoughts. Roughly seventy two ish, stupid what forty eight ish hours after the game. Um, something like that. So. I've been thinking about it, and um, I, you know, uh, Friday at work, um, my boss, because we're in like a little office in the factory, my boss was talking to one of the forklift operators, and she said, uh, yeah, he's going to the game, and I had my state pull on, and um, the guy goes, hey, hey, big brother's coming to town again, and I just looked at him, and I said, you know, I, I don't think it's worked out for you since you used that. And you think it's really smart that you keep using it. And I just walked back in the office because I am, I never said a word to that guy until then. So it was like, okay. But um, 
you know, I'm kind of okay with them keeping to use little brother. Keep using it. I'm fine with the disrespect because your program is arrogant. Everyone hates Michigan. Everyone in college football loves when you lose Michigan. They love it. It is like the Death Star blowing up in Star Wars every single time you lose. And to lose like that, my God, incredible. You, you know what it's you know ahead. what it's like, Lucas, honestly. You, like in you know, I, I I've just had politics. I'm you know, it's just I don't mean for this to be ex, to be explicitly political. Maybe I do, whatever. But you know what, Michigan, you know who you know who in politics Michigan reminds me of? They remind me a lot of someone like Ted Cruz, right? A guy who is just so utterly repulsive and unlikable, who has all this unearned arrogance, who only has his job because he had the right party affiliation in the right place at the right time. And thinks that he deserves to have a voice on on national issues that affect the day-to-day lives of people he is never going to ever make eye contact with. And yet, he is such a sad, pathetic fucking loser. And it is so fucking funny whenever he fucks up. Michigan football is the Ted Cruz of of college athletics. (laughs) They are these fat, slobbery, arrogant assholes who run around and insist that they're better than everyone around them. And that, and when push comes to shove, they're sitting in a fucking office somewhere looking dejected phone baking for Trump. After, after they called your, after he called your wife ugly and insinuated your dad killed JFK. They're fucking cucks. They are cucks who can only beat down on those who are below them. If they try to punch at or above their weight, they miss. They fucking miss every time. They so, only, want to talk about the game? They only beat... I'm not done, Carter. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. They only beat Michigan State, Right. Oh, you only beat Michigan because we had Richrod and Hoke, and now Harbaugh's here, and and you guys are fucked, and you're never beating Michigan again, and you know, a uh, hundred years of Rick and Morty, hundred years of Jim Harbaugh. Uh, you know, you tur- you know, uh, and you and you just and you and you shit your pants on live tv twice you shit your pants twice a year if it's not us in ohio state it's penn state in ohio state mm-hmm. you shit your pants twice a year every year you thought you hired your jim tressel your nick saban your dabo sweeney your savior your savior the guy who was going to bring michigan back to the promised land bo's chosen son the the unmolested the unmolested child of Schembechler. Oh. And you know who you got? You got John Cooper. 
You got Bo Pelini. <laughs> you got a guy who's going to win you eight to 10 games a year. And you know what? If you were any other program in America, that would be fine. You would be a solid program. You'd be looked at respectfully. And everyone would just let you do what you do. And you would be left alone. You would be left in peace. And you would be nationally respected whenever you do make that jump. But because you're so fucking arrogant, you're so fucking up your own ass. You fucking jerk off in your own mouth constantly every offseason. Fucking swallowing your own jizz and fucking and just fucking dry humping a statue and talking about how many stars your recruits have and talking about how uh you know the next quarterback you get is the fucking is the fucking is fucking Tom Brady reincarnated, right? Every quarter the next quarterback is the best quarterback. And you turn around and you shit your fucking pants twice a year on national TV. Fuck you, Michigan, you piece of shit. You deserve everything you come for. People laugh at you because you're fucking arrogant. 10 and 2 is a failure because you're fucking arrogant. 9 and 3 is a failure because you're fucking arrogant. You deserve everything that comes to you for the rest of time, you fucking assholes. Fuck you. Beautiful. I come back from that, so we're going to go right into talking about the game. Oh, by the way, Carter's our third co-host now. Yeah, we're going back to three. So, uh, Carter, welcome. Thank you, guys. I wanted to call uh, Jim Harbaugh Brett Bielema in khakis, but Bielema's <laughs> been to Indy, so it would be a bit of an insult. Bielema's so been like, to, well, as I, in, didn't Bielema go to Indy like twice, like twice? Yeah, uh, I know he went in twenty eleven. He won in twenty twelve, and then twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. took the shit out well, of Nebraska. Go. He's won twice. Yeah, Bielema's been to Indianapolis. Bielema's been to Pasadena. So was Bo, Bo Pelini went to Indy. He didn't win, but he went out there. Um, James Franklin doesn't even know what stadium he's playing at. He's <laughs> been to Indy. He's been to Pasadena. He's in the he's in the stadium for the pregame. My only focus is on the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk this game. Um, compliment sandwiches. There, there's. It's going to be an interesting uh, negative piece of the of the sandwich, but um, I mean, I think I'm going to let Carter start the compliment sandwich for this one. You, you're you're going off. You're going off on this one, man. It's your turn. Okay. All right. Um, I think my first positive is pretty obvious. Um, there's a there's a certain number nine on the field that uh, we all know and love. That's right, Ronald Williams. No. Okay. Oof. With Ken, okay, with Kenneth Walker. You're not going to compliment J.J. McCarthy, are you? I'm not, no. So I'm going to move past Kenneth Walker's MSU success. I'm going to move him pa- move past him being the poster boy of the transfer portal. I'm going to move past the obvious Heisman he's going to win, and if he doesn't, I'll go full-blown QAnon and say he won it and that Bryce Young is just an actor in a movie. Shout out Hank Steeler. <laughs> the storm is coming. And I'm going to just start by thinking about which NFL offense I think he thrived the most in. Um, I know the 49ers are running back by committee with Shanahan, but I know he would love a true every down back. I think Kenneth Walker has firmly asserted himself into at least day two of the 2022 draft. Uh, Miami's run game sucks. He could be a Dolphin. Uh, 
Uh, I'd be thrilled to have him in Atlanta. I really would. That'd be fantastic. Um, I think he has all the traits of an NFL back. He's got speed, balance, vision, strength, everything. You know, I, I, I don't know how much more can be said about him. He ran for 200 yards and five touchdowns. And all, that's an all-time great performance in this history of the rivalry. I think he should win every award in the conference and in the country. And Michigan's defense was very good, as we knew. And he did them worse than he did Northwestern. So I hope MSU fans appreciate Kenneth Walker because he will be playing on Sundays next year. I think he's an absolute star, and I hope he kills it in the NFL. MSU fans love Kenneth Walker. Hashtag extend Kenneth Walker. Keep Kenneth Walker around for one more year. (laughs) Hashtag extend Kenneth Walker. (laughs) Uh, No, like, honestly, I think that, you know, I I was listening to Valenny today uh, when I should have been working. Uh, You know, oh, man, uh, that's what my boss said to me when he found out I was listening to Valenny. Oh, man. Come on, guys. We were, we were all at church at 2 p.m. Yeah. Uh, no, it's like, it's like, you know, I think I said in the, I think I said in the, in the preseason preview we did, Lucas, where I said, you know, I, I think I said, <laughs> I said, you know, we haven't really had a back like Javon Ringer, like Le'Veon Bell, like Jeremy Langford. Right. And I said, I think, I think Kenneth Walker can be that back. And right now, uh, you know, I, I think we're far enough into the season where I can say, I think he's probably the best back MSU has had in a long time. I think he surpassed, I think he surpassed all, he, he is the best. He does what every one of those great running backs did. And I'm not taking anything away from Jeremy Langford. I'm not taking anything away from Le'Veon. I'm not taking anything away from Javon Ringer. But he does what all of those guys did, but better. Like that 54-yard touchdown run, if Le'Veon's behind Pete and Thorne on Saturday, that's not a touchdown. Walker has that extra gear that Le'Veon didn't have. He has that vision that Javon Ringer didn't really have. Javon Ringer was like, this is the hole I'm going to, and I'm going to hit that hole whether it's open or not. <laughs> Kenneth Walker can, can find openings in, in the defense and, and, change, and change on the fly. <laughs> yeah, Kenneth Walker, you know, he just he finds holes, you know. Uh, shout out. He finds holes. Just, you know, shout out to shout out to Connor Cook. The man <laughs> is just constantly hunting holes. Uh, <laughs> um, and, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's hear. No. And he has the, and he can, he can make cuts. I think better than Langford did, you know, Langford, I think had more of the speed, but he, he was, he was a very two dimensional back, you know, he, he, couldn't really make those cuts and Kenneth Walker can do kind of everything. I mean, it's watching him play. It's exhilarating. It's, it's, it's like, it's like watching someone play mad. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what it feels like sometimes. The one where I forgot, I think it was in like the first quarter or the second quarter, it was in the first half 
where he got the ball in the backfield, the second string O line was in. We'll get to we'll get to the second string offensive line um, in, in in a minute. I'm sure we will. Um, where the play was blown up, he had three Michigan guys in the backfield, stopped dead in his tracks, spun outside, and turned it up for positive yards. Yeah, I almost shit myself when he did that. That was fucking. I mean, awesome. that's that's the kind of thing that goes on your Heisman reel. And I'm not ready to declare Kenneth Walker the Heisman Trophy winner yet. I still think there's still some. There's still some. Fo- I know you are, Carter. There's still some football left to be played. Okay, absolutely. And, you know the the Heisman Trophy. The Heisman Trophy voters, they love to give the. the when you look in the 20th century, they love to give it to quarterbacks. Okay, but I think. I, I'm very comfortable in saying Kenneth Walker, Kenneth Walker earned an invite to New York on Saturday. That I will say. Yeah. Whether he wins, I think is still is still clouded. But he he is absolutely going to be sitting in sitting at wherever they do the ceremony in New York City. It's like December. a theater. Forget what they call it. Matt, how are you? How's your voice? Uh, it is, uh, it's coming back, but it is still, it's still a struggle. It was really bad this morning though. Did you drink see, a lot of water. Did you see the pom-poms at all? Like any handouts of pom-poms or. So I, uh, I did not, uh, see many pom-poms. I, uh, scouted lots 39 and 40 just to, just to see if I could, uh, if I could see because I tailgate right by there and, uh, <laughs> the raid, I feel, I feel so raided. My my woodshed. Why did why they raid my woodshed like that? Okay, okay. That, that's... My, my woodshed. How could you do this to my? Why did uh, you do this to my woodshed? Why did you raid me like that? Marlon uh, so Marlon Brando. Uh, Marlon Marlon Brand Brando and the Godfather. My woodshed. Look how they look how they raided my woodshed. <laughs> what have they done? They raided my woodshed. Um. That's going to be my compliment sandwich is the crowd. Um, it's not the team, but fuck it. They're an extension of the team. Um, we are since, you know, three or three of the four of us were in the crowd, but I'm going to give Spartan dog. He's part of the crowd. Cause he was definitely, definitely cheering his ass off close by. God um, damn, you're goddamn right. I was. So um, I thought, I thought they were going to get 10,000 Michigan fans. in. I thought they were going to sell millions of the raid the woodshed tees that our good amazing kind friend donovan thomas was wearing on his podcast i thought that the whole stadium was going to be maize and blue oh hmm you maybe got a thousand people in there that were michigan fans don got his second cousin louis vuitton (laughs) to to make that raid the woodshed t-shirt and barely (laughs) anyone bought it so, um, whenever I hear stories about raiding said woodsheds or, or just any type of like when Nebraska was like, here comes the, the red Kool-Aid wave. Um, I always think back to a lovely city, uh, called Pasadena, California. And when the Michigan state Spartans, uh, traveled to go play the Stanford Cardinal. And when we were there, uh, as a fan base, everyone kept talking to each other saying, oh my God, no one's here. There are no Stanford fans here. And little did we know when we showed up to the game, 
there were a shit ton, a royal shit ton of Stanford fans. They just hadn't uh, really made themselves known. And ever since then, I really take any type of crowd rating or like, and, and in that point, we were the ones saying, oh, we took over Pasadena. This is going to be an entirely green and white crowd. And instead, uh, it was very much half and half, but that's what it should be. Similar to a home game with this scale, with this uh, much hype behind it, you have seven games that get played earlier. Um, you're going to have pretty much a mainly home crowd, unless the ones who really want to make, uh, I could have, you know, I could have made like 700 bucks off of selling my tickets. And um really didn't didn't think about it but at the time i was just like shit that's the most i've ever probably would have paid for uh a ticket at a at spartan stadium i think i paid for the oregon game we had uh i think the last row and they were 300 bucks but like 350 a pop yeah still crazy so it's it's just a it's just a add it to the list of delusional shit that we have to deal with living in the same state as some of these assholes that you flat out have them telling you they're going to take over your stadium because what MSU doesn't have fans all of a sudden because they're undefeated. None of that makes sense. And they, they, they always just seem to be missing one little logic gap. And it's so frustrating to deal with it on a constant basis sometimes, which makes days like today amazing. This is why I'm just, I'm just snorting lines of (laughs) misery from people. It's amazing. They deserve this every single time. And I used to think they didn't. I used to be like, that sucks for you. Now I'd be like, no, you suck. And this sucks for you because you did this to yourself. You thought you could come in here with a thousand fucking pom-poms and then what? Shake, shake them at the team and they'll run away. This is, it's, it's tiresome. I'm excited for Mel Tucker to put a bullet in this program and just send them out the door, deflate them, torpedo them, watch them go down like the Hindenburg. This is, this is clown shit and the clown shit keeps happening and they keep getting clowned on it. And you know what, if they want to keep doing it fine, but it's, it's, it's watching someone else run their face into a wall over and over. Right. I, um, you can tell, I just listened to Justin Finn's rant. So I'm really, really feeling it, but, um, Justin's Justin's was, Justin's was pretty good. I haven't gotten to it yet. I'm going to tomorrow. He says pretty much the same thing of like, if you just lost his 21 point favorites, why would you think to keep running your mouth the next year? You wait until the whistle ends on the end of the game. But instead, they, they did all this shit up for the last seven weeks, eight weeks. All this talk, all this Blake Corm. Hey, here's an idea. If you're comparing two running backs versus one running back, the one running back is probably better. It's one person versus two. It, it just, I'm tired of it. And I'm glad to watch it all burn down today. Um, yesterday was a blast. Saturday was a blast. I barely talked at the bar. I was on Twitter just laughing at people. But I, I, it was great. S- sorry, sorry, man. No, you're right. Like I, I just had a big. You know, you joined after you joined the podcast after my big long, after know, my big long rant. No, it's all right. Uh, but I just it. It's like um, it's like a chemical imbalance, right? And as someone who takes Prozac, I feel like I'm I'm pretty apt to to recognize chemical imbalances. It it's like it's like you know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I mean, this is it it it's 
Michigan fans are, are by that definition insane. Because it's the same, it's the same thing every other year. Signing day, they're going, hey, we have a chance to be really good this year. They smack, they they smack around a couple cupcakes at home in front of a hundred thousand fans who are only there because that's the only game they can afford to get into. And they go, holy shit, this is it. This is the team. They start struggling a little bit. And they go, okay, we're still okay, but I really think we should play this, the backup quarterback versus the quarterback that's starting now. And then they lose a game. And it's fuck. It's all over. Fire everybody. The truth of the matter is, this season can still be salvaged for Michigan. Right? It, it, this, you know, they can still go 10 and 2. 11, they're not going to beat Ohio State. They can still go 10 and 2. We're not going to beat Ohio State either. <laughs> just, just straight up. We're just, nobody's going to beat Ohio State with the way they're playing right now. Penn State came close. I think that's the closest anyone's going to get the rest of the year, honestly. That's okay. We'll see. Lucas is Lucas is smiling is smiling slyly. I'm not, you know, Ohio State, you know, just like how Rutgers is Rutgers until proven otherwise. Ohio State is Ohio State until proven otherwise. We're gonna give him a fight for a half. I'm gonna say that. Absolutely, we're gonna fight. We're not gonna give up. No, we're not gonna get. We're not gonna get our shits asked like we it, did in like we <clears throat> did in 2019. If it's competitive in the third quarter, then we we have a we will talk like. <laughs> Yeah, talk soon. Talk soon. Uh, no, my my compliment, honestly, my compliment honestly goes. This is kind of a cop out, but uh, my first compliment goes to goes to Coach Tucker because uh, he 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 instilled he instilled this resilience in this team, right? I think you said it on, on in the post game podcast on Saturday, Lucas. A D'Antonio led team doesn't win this game; they roll over. It, it sucks saying that because then I thought about like Connor Cook making that comeback against Baylor. But I mean, it just, it's how I felt at the moment. And I had to kind of edit it a little bit, but I, for the most part, I think that's what would have happened. I, I, it, uh, I'm, I'm comfortable in saying that, especially a post CFP D'Antonio team, a post CFP D'Antonio team just rolls over, rolls over when it's, it's seven, nothing. They roll over. Yeah, that shit would have been I mean, over. A pre a pre CFP D'Antonio team, you know, I we'll see, but I don't think they have the ponies. I didn't think I don't think a, a pre CFP D'Antonio team would have the ponies to keep up with this Michigan team. I don't. I uh, I I agree with you on that, and I think that's what makes this year so crazy. And I I think what I was thinking about like today was we might be in a position to watch Mel Tucker achieve a level that Mark D'Antonio took three, four years. Half a decade. Half a decade. Yeah. And we might see him do it in year two and then use that recruiting momentum in ways that Mark D'Antonio did not. Where um, on on Valenian today, where he was talking about being an extension of Mark D'Antonio, I think he's an upgrade if if this is really real, you know? And I, I think... At this point, he should 100% uh, earn uh, the ability or, or, you know, our, our full faith in that right now. 
to till he proves otherwise. But right now he showed, especially with this game, this is one of this is the toughest team MSU has played. Uh, it's not going to be, the, it's not going to be the toughest team, but it's, it's one of the tougher ones and they busted ass and did not give up. And yes, things had to fall their way, but the only way they do is if you let them do it. And if you, if you're there, you know, you know, it's success is, is luck and preparation, you know? And I think we, we came at them and we, we made those, there are those fourth and ones, those random fourth down throws uh, where they just gained, uh, you know, we got like a 20 yard pass to Jaden Reed and stuff like that. That stuff's, that's incredible, you know? And that, and I think he's earned the right for us not to, not to be doubting the system or the relentless stuff. And I will say is that two and five last year, I was like, okay, I like that we were able to be, win those big games, but what, what's like relentless came in. Maybe we got to wait till we get some, some relentless players in here. And he's, he, I mean, he's shown that he can. He's shown that he can do it, and he's shown that they they buy in. So, I'm I'm all in on it, and uh, I don't know. It's going to be wild. I think, especially for how big recruiting was from everything I've seen on uh, on who we had visiting, and if we land a lot of those guys, all of a sudden, we're not at year one, year two, Mark D'Antonio. We're looking more like we are the the 2013 team, and coming off of that recruiting buzz and. That is crazy to think about, like that level of, of relevancy. And we're there. I mean, it's still weird. And I keep thinking that, oh, we got to wait for the season to pan out when I see Michigan State as ranked number five. And I'm like, that's not correct. Like, how is Michigan State ranked five halfway? Like, is this, I was like, is it still a COVID thing? Like, what is going on? But it's like they could easily finish top 10 this year. That's insane. That's, I, I, so I'm, I'm over the moon, but I'm also just a, a million emotions, uh, half happy, half, um, vindictive, but, uh, but we're there and that's, that's the exciting part. It's better than no, sad. It, you're right, Matt. And you know, like the, the keep chopping, the relentless, the deep water, right. Every coach has those, has those coachisms, right. Yeah. And they can just as easily be empty platitudes, right? Just, <clears throat> just, this is just bullshit. I have to say to fill up dead air in meetings, right? Right. I've had coaches who say, I've had coaches who had these fucking weird ass isms, uh, who just borrow shit from other successful coaches and just think they're geniuses because they're passing it on to 14 year olds. But like relentless just isn't an empty platitude. Keep chopping isn't an empty platitude. It's 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 a lifestyle for Tucker. It's a lifestyle for these guys. My parents were were on a flight during the game. They couldn't watch it. They had to watch the game cast. So oh. after the game, after the, the the meme I posted from Bacon Wire earlier with Jesse, what the fuck are you talking about? Like that was like a legitimate conversation I had with my dad. (laughs) 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 And he goes, how the fuck did we come back from 16 down? I was like, we just kept chopping. And he goes, what are you? (laughs) He goes, we're just, we pulled them into the defense. They weren't ready. They're puddle people. (laughs) He's like, like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, okay, like, seriously, how do we come back from 16 down? And Tucker got, we got punched in the face 
and we did not flinch. We didn't flinch. We didn't spit. We didn't lose a tooth. We just ate it. We ate, we ate everything. We ate every punch Michigan threw at us. And we just, and when the time came and they were tired, it, we just, we put, we put our pointer finger on their forehead and just pushed them over. Um, and they went down like fucking pussies. This, this was a Jay Johnson masterclass. It was. 90% of this game was incredible. And he delivered when he had to, like that fourth down and one call, like the basic, like fake to the walker and just toss it up to where Naylor can only catch it. That was incredible. That was balls. And then the fourth and four driving to the uh, north end of the north end of the field, Peyton throws a dime. Beauty. Dude, a beautiful throw to only Jaden could catch. And he fucking caught it. And when he caught that ball, I kind of had the Vince McMahon, like, you know, like my face is kind of like, oh, like I put my feet up, you know, on the desk, like, uh-oh, like we could be doing this. And then, you know, it just he knew what he needed to do. And um, the only one that I didn't like, I think it was second and two, and he didn't run Kenneth Walker. And I think Peyton got sacked or like, Something happened. Was it a sack? Yeah, because it made it like third and nine. Yeah, um, that wasn't great. I didn't like that. But, um, you know, you can't call a completely perfect game. And No, I, and I think Peyton Thorne had some decision. He's, he's had some iffy decisions here and there. But the, he's, he's had dimes, but then he also has random where you're like, what are you doing? Like there were a couple of throws he did on the sideline that I was like, just run it. Just the first time I said that the, like the, three the times. Flea flicker, uh, the flea, the flea flicker was one. I was like, you have it. Just get four yards. Yeah, yeah. Just take your four yards. You're you're third and medium. We can live with it. And just tried to be a hero, but you know, I just think that's just because he's he's still a little inexperienced. Yeah, only a sophomore. He can get better. It's, he it's, did. He did. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna game jump game. on him because he did what he needed to do to win. So he did. I, mean, audible if I had to give a point critique, to tie the game, didn't it? Were... Wasn't that an audible on his end? Yeah, that was. Yeah, I mean that was a great decision. Um, and you know, Michigan has been toying with this whole two quarterback thing. Or like, you know, what's funny is I was saying if JJ's in this game, I'm going to be nervous. And he threw that touchdown pass, but I really wasn't that nervous about him. And because he, fumbled. I was more nervous from Kate on third down. Yeah, Kate on third down was automatic. But like, when that's Jay- my next thing. Go ahead, go ahead, Carter. I'll let you just go. Okay. Yeah, you're good. Well, I hate the defensive scheme. I really do. Like, I know that it's due to the personnel, but like, why not at least try to mix in some man coverage? You know, because like, I, I, and one of the few that has faith in Ronald Williams. Um, like I believe in him as a, as a cover corner. Am I a fool for that? Maybe. I think despite how, you know, some in our fan base may view him, I think he's been pretty good this year. You know, he's still learning how to play corner at the D1 power five level. Uh, and I think he's done a damn good job so far, you know, cause I think corner is one of the hardest positions to play in football. Um, Cade McNamara, nearly beat us on Saturday. And that was something we said over and over was not going to happen. Um, he nearly beat us by finding someone open on third down. He nearly beat us by going over the middle of the field to Eric all the guy had 10 catches. 
if they weren't killer on third down, they were killer on fourth down. Uh, they were killing us through the air the whole game. And that was the most frustrating thing about that game, I think. But shout out to uh, Chuck Brantley. That that interception was incredible. I, I think that kid is going to be a star. Yeah. Um, you know, Williams, I, I have been a defender of him as well. Um, and I think, you know, it's not perfect, but – I was so annoyed that he just didn't fall on that fumble because man, JJ just basically was like, here you go. <laughs> he just basically fucking handed it to MSU. Like, like, uh, Oh, Oh, here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm Dylan. I'm going to hand you the football. <laughs> and then he just, he got it back. He just went, I'm joking. I'm joking. And I'm just joking. I'm joking. But no, like when he when it got out of bounds, I'm like, damn it! If you just fall on the ball, we're gonna drive and can tie this thing. Or I think, I think it was for the tie. Maybe I don't well, know. It it was so the the thing was is that I the <clears throat> um the fumble where it got kicked out of bounds was thirty thirty uh, in the fourth quarter. Okay. And I think if Michigan fans are gonna sit here and play the what if machine, if Peyton Thorne was not ruled down and that it was a fumble for an Aiden Hutchinson touchdown, then Michigan state fans can equally play the uh, what if machine, if Ronald Williams picks up or falls on that ball, instead of kicking it out of bounds, which is a lot less likely for him to do, but that was the less likely thing to happen. And that you're looking at a point swing of about plus one on the Michigan side, Michigan would still lose that game. So that that's what I get you see these, these narratives start to pop up whenever Michigan loses. And that's always an interesting one is like, Hey, MSU has just as many what ifs as Michigan did. And there were plenty of calls and there were a lot of holds that did not go in MSU's favor where you could see them get held. And it's, it's the, the complaints on that are, you know, that that's just the way this game always ends up. There's always bounces. So, you know, it's, it's, they go in MSU's way because they're a little more prepared. When you're playing a team who is equally or or even more talented than you, you're never just going to win on skill alone. You need bounces to go your way, right? And this is part of this is part of the arrogance, right? Is is that Michigan believes they're so fucking good and they're the and they believe that they should be crowned, you know, the, the kings of college football for, for doing nothing except hiring a, an alumni to be a coach uh, and recruiting a lot of talented guys. They think that should be good enough to be uh, a perennial college football playoff power. It, it, it's, it's arrogance and it, it, it's privilege. You know, I was going to make this comparison earlier in my rant, Matt, I'm glad you're here for it. Uh, you know, Lucas, remember when we were going to recap succession every week? Uh, oops. <laughs> have you watched? I, I, I have to, I'm, I'm, I, I haven't watched this week's, but I've heard it's a it's, banger. It's really. Uh, but. No, like. Like, you know, like Michigan, I know I made comparisons to other fictional characters earlier in the podcast, but you know who Michigan truly is? 
Michigan is Michigan is Kendall Roy. They're they're these fail sons <laughs> who who uh, uh, I'll call Michigan before Schembechler Logan Roy, right? I'll call Michigan under both Schembechler Logan Roy uh, for more than just the success, the you know sexual whatever. Uh, also, you know, between Logan and Bo, you know, whatever. Hey, I'm I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Okay. Uh, but no, like Michigan since Bo retired has been has been Kendall Roy. They've been these, they've been these fuck up fail sons who are constantly bailed out by their presti- by their name and their name alone, and yet still think they deserve the fucking world. They haven't earned shit. They haven't earned shit in 70 years. The only reason they got that half national championship in 97 was because they were fucking Michigan. That should be Nebraska's outright championship. They haven't earned a goddamn thing in 70 fucking years. They're living off residuals. They're like fucking Alan Alda's grandkids still cashing mass checks. That's all they do. That's all they fucking do is collect checks written by written by racists and child molesters that died long before they were fucking born. Back to my negative. The wholesale offensive line changes need to fucking stop. They need to fucking stop. I'm done with them. I just, no more. No more. Yeah. At, at least that almost, those almost cost us the game. I'm sorry. You have Hurst playing the majority of the snaps for a reason. Unless he's injured, there is no reason why he should be on the sidelines when MSU's offense is on the field. No reason. That is the second most, that is the second most important position on the field. Sub out the guards, whatever, okay? I get it. They're big dudes. I'm a big dude. I get winded, okay? I get it. Sometimes I need a little, sometimes I need a little time to catch my breath, okay? You know, stairs are hard. I can't imagine how hard playing Big Ten football is. But you can't, you, you can't just hold, you can't just wholesale change your whole offensive line. It's terrible. It has to stop. It can't go on. It needs to stop. Yeah, I agree. Um, I wasn't a fan of seeing that rotation, but um, yeah, it, it, and it felt like at first that they weren't going to do their part in helping out Kenneth because Hutchinson and o- Ojibo. Ojibo, Ojabo, Ojabo, yeah. Ojabo. Sorry if you listen. Um, uh, ter- it, uh, the way I pronounce it kind of sounded like uh, Terry Shivo, and it made me think of the Family Guy skit where they did where Stewie's class did the Terry Shivo musical. Oh my God! Terry Shivo is kind of alive. Oh, damn it! Um, <laughs> anyway, I yeah, I mean, I was. I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's like because they don't trust their personnel fully or if they think it's going to 
I think it's going to work for them. Like, I think this is better than just solidifying five and rotating a sub here and there. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I was pretty goddamn sick of it. I don't have anything else to add to that. Um, I'm sorry. I, I have to go back to shitting on Michigan real quick. I'm watching Monday Night Countdown on my TV in, in my recording oh, studio. Oh. <laughs> they have they have Taylor Le, they oh, have Taylor Lewan. Here it is. I don't have the audio on, but the way the way I never noticed this before because I was too busy focusing on the words. But the way Taylor Lewan was delivering that press conference. You know, it reminded me of how I think like 4chan posters talk <laughs> with like the eye shot and the, and the frantic head movements. Well, you see, actually, Hillary Clinton is responsible for those deaths in Benghazi because. <laughs> um, God. <laughs> but no, yeah, that was great to see. And then they, then after the Luan rant. They cut, or during it, they cut right to uh, Kenny's fifth touchdown. Um, like, I'm going to say one last thing about the game. Um, I said it on the reaction pod with Lieutenant Colonel and, and our, uh, Carter. I had to sit. Section 126 wasn't a ton of Michigan fans, but like 127 was really full of them. And so I, I had to be around it. And uh, there was a kid and his dad who <coughs> – we're basically just talking shit the entire time. And the kid got my face and I said, look, man, I'm happy that you're happy. You know, you're having a good time, but if you get my face again, I'm going to talk to your dad. Like I wasn't trying to threaten anybody. I'm just like, I don't have, I don't have, I'm going to blow like this. Cut the shit out, kid. I'm not going to go to jail for the night for punching a 15 year old in the face. Um <laughs> And he stopped, but like he would always go like this after Michigan scored. He'd like look around and go like this. He'd go like, it's not your time. It's not your time. It's our time. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, you little fucker. <laughs> it's our time down here. It's our time. <laughs> um, I, I was that person um, <laughs> in my section, um, except – I was, so I met my seat neighbors um, for my season tickets. I got new seat, seat neighbors um, and they are a uh, lovely uh, um, couple. And then there are two daughters that are the seats behind me. And I sat next to the how dad. Old, how, how old are oh, the no. daughters, Matt? I will leave that information out of it. No, uh, Matt, how old are they? Matt? <laughs> they're in college. No, we're not. Um, oh, okay. Where do they go? Do they go to MSU? They do go to MSU. Okay. Did you get their Instagram handles? I did not because I was too busy. Uh, I picked up their dad. Uh, like I picked, physically lifted him. Uh, oh, I thought you meant like you like brought him home from the stadium. Oh, no, I didn't seduce him. I uh, physically lifted him up. Okay. Well, times. your, your assignment, your assignment for the Maryland game is to get them there is to get their Instagram handles. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, that was my last home game. I am, uh, I sold my Maryland tickets. I would have bought them. Well, hey, Especially sorry, someone else you... asked me for them, and I, I didn't want to drive. Uh, I didn't want to drive back to Lansing. Someone <laughs> buys be... the tickets, and as soon as he walks in, he just goes to the girls like uh, Night the Roxbury. Sup, sup. You from out of town? Hit me, hit me. We're gonna, we're gonna ask you how the game was. You're like, I didn't watch. It. I was talking to the people behind you the whole time. But um, no, it, it went from watching this. So you this didn't old see man... that 99 yard Kenneth Walker run? 
but um i uh, i had some very choice words for the michigan fan base um there was a couple of them a few rows down that did turn around but um i did let them know that they were the frauds not us um and uh i told them to, to leave with a lot of f words and which is why a lot of my uh, voice is gone no mustard packets but um, the brown liquor got the best old Matty May. And, uh, you know, here we, here we are, though, out with a dub. But I did uh, lift an old man. And uh, I apologized to him because he was shocked. But then he lifted me at one point. We were lifting each other as the relentless Spartan fan base does. And that's what, that, that's what Saturday was really about. Carter, what, how was the student section, man? You guys fucking brought it. Electric. I couldn't hear myself. I was screaming as loud as I ever screamed. I couldn't hear myself. It was, everybody was on their feet for the whole time. Everybody was yelling, having a great time. Um, you know, I've never heard the crowd that loud. I mean, that's, Same. I'm so happy that there were big time recruits there. Yep. And from what we've, yeah, for, I mean, from what we've heard, they, they liked it. Um, the things that we've read, they seem like they had a good time. Um, some said, you know, they'd like to come back. I, I'm glad it went that way. I'm glad that the student section was so loud. Yeah, yeah dude. it was, it was, uh, the way I described it to the friends back home was that, or back in Chicago was that I was like, you know how, when you describe an electric game at Spartan stadium, but then you kind of think back and you're like, well, it was loud for like one or two moments. I was like, that's how it was the whole time. And you couldn't use hyperbole enough to describe how loud and crazy it got, especially with the new lights that they're doing. Yeah. And all that going mm -hmm. off at the same time, they're only getting better at the game day experience. And that's the, the cool part. Like, yeah, the DJ's fucking up here and there and like <laughs> scoreboards wrong here and there, but that's I heard only that's improving. A glitch that they won't be able to fix for like the season. Yeah, that's fine. And we know that they're at least noting it. Darian right. is doing a great job of getting feedback on it and they yeah. feed it right They're They're so receptive and using the community not as something to fear, but as something to embrace and something to uh, get ideas from. Because at the end of the day, they, they build off of each other, and it's no. It's we we know the staff. The staff reached out to to some MSU Twitter uh, right. accounts and were like, "Show us all, uh, get us all of the shit Michigan fans have been talking. We want we want to show it to the players and." Rico said they sat down the new guys, they sat down the transfers and they go, they got a uh, history lesson. Yeah. They gave him a history lesson. Good. You know, here's what they think about you. Kenneth Walker <laughs> read every fucking press clipping about him. I guarantee they play the audio of Webb and, and, and go blow. Um, saying that shit about his cotton king is I guarantee the minute that fifth touchdown happened. I like, you know, you can't fake passion like ours. And I kind of like choked up for a second. I'm like, fuck, this is his Heisman moment. And I, I mean, I was so lost in the moment, but like, you know, that, that game, like the crowd that I've been to little giants, the crowd exploded at the very end, obviously, but it wasn't like the most hyped crowd to begin with. I was at the rocket game and that crowd was pretty good. The entire game. Like, you know, we were down fuck 16, nothing pretty early. Oh. And like we came back and tied the game 
And that crowd was like never gave up. So I, I got to give them props there. Um, but man, and and the 2013 Michigan game, the crowd was really good. But like this was another level. And I was proud that we didn't sell our tickets to Michigan fans for the most part. I'm sure some people did, or some people did, and like you know pretend to be Michigan State fans. But I think our Twitter movement had a little impact on that. I'm going to say that. I think we're going to get just a tiny bit of credit to, to make people say, hey, don't pay StubHub fees. Come through us. Like, we'll help you. Um, so shout out Spartan Ryan and, and Brett, you know, for, for probably ste- spearheading that. Um, and, I mean, the crowd was so electric. And then, like, when we got that interception, I mean, I think I went deaf for a minute. Like, I was just screaming like, like Farmer Fran at the end of the water boy when he holds his pierced nipples. Like I was just going nuts. And, you know, right when that happened, the, the, the little shithead teenager and his dad just bolted and they were right in front of me. Like, I just went, I just went like this, like, like the Trump bye-bye, like, where are you going? Where are you going, buddy? And then I said, I thought it was your time. <laughs> they didn't look back or anything. They just went out. We're red. Like Aiden Hutchinson, just, just right for the tunnel. Just oh, don't. What a, okay. I get it. But like we weren't going to storm the field. What were they afraid of? It's a, we no, it's a ten foot drop. Yeah, we logistically <laughs> cannot. Yeah, we logistically <laughs> it, cannot storm the field. Break yeah. their legs. Oh, they, they had a police line. Go ahead, go ahead, Carter. Go oh, on. was there a police line? There was a huge line of police because people were like rearing to jump over that ledge. It oh, was really? Yeah, I, I said to John Kirby that ELPD probably would have just opened fire. <laughs> <laughs> But like, well, everyone knows my thoughts on police. So, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> move along. Um, uh, one final, one final thing I want to say before we move on to Purdue. Uh, in this hour twelve, in this hour thirteen, I'd like to be done by eight thirty. But okay, you know, we can. We'll see, we'll we can see do what that. happens. I got real, one more positive. Real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, up. go ahead, Carter. Say your positive, Good. and then I'll and then I'll do my last thing. I will make it brief. Um, there are a lot of things I thought went right. So I'll just give a name and then like a quick sentence on why I thought they impressed me. First off, Quiveris Crouch. We got one in him, boys. Ah, that guy is special. Uh, he is not disappointed at all this year. I think you know, at Tennessee, he was still learning how to play linebacker and he's still learning how to play linebacker here, but he's damn good at it. Got NFL size and sideline to sideline speed. As um, Lucas said, Jay Johnson, maybe called the best game of his life. I, I, I can't think of many played calls that I didn't agree with. Uh, Jaden Reed, uh, Naylor went down and Reed put the team on his back. He came up with the Moss in two-point conversion uh, and then the super clutch fourth down catch where he beat Daxton Hill, who's a damn good corner too. Yeah. Uh, and then players. as I, I already talked about him, but Chuck Brantley, um, I see him being like Darquez <laughs> Denard, Trey, Trey Waynes in that lineage. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, the kid's like 150 pounds soaking wet and he hits like a missile him and gross it's awesome <laughs> and i think he's got all the star potential in the world yeah and i'm once so this, happy that we landed him yeah once this staff gets a once this uh once his strength and conditioning staff gets a whole off season with him cool he's gonna based on some of the transformations chuck is, is gonna fuck some people up he's yeah, gonna ch- hurt some people chuck he, fucks That's, yeah it, it's I, I had to tell people, I was like, imagine a guy uh, my size and maybe a little lighter, and he is wrecking people. <laughs> like, all he does, like, we have a guy on our team who just literally goes as fast as he can at someone. He, 
he baited Cade into making that throw because mm-hmm. he he stepped forward and then Cade slung the ball. And I don't think that was going to be a completed pass anyway because Henderson was right there. And he would have cracked him. He would have cracked him. He was going to crack him in the back. But you can't leave that to chance. But then, you know, Chuck just steps back. And, I mean, like Sav said, the best interception by anyone named Charles. In, in <laughs> a, a, just a chef's kiss, like amazing tweet. Um, and, yeah, but the last thing I'm going to say about this game is, you know, I stayed and soaked it all in, obviously, because the line was just crazy to get away, like, from my section, you know, like the sting gift that I use where – <laughs> it just zooms out and I'm, I'm looking all the way down, but, um, you know, I gotta say that was the most, that was the best game I've ever seen at Spartan stadium. And I've been to some golden ones and I really wish that I took Cassie with me, my, my wife, if people don't know, um, I'm not going to say it, but, um, <laughs> you know, and she FaceTimed me when I was sitting there just soaking it all in listening to sweet Caroline and then obviously listening to the great troll, Mr. Brightside. Um, that was ooh. fucking awesome. That I saw crazy. that the <laughs> first time, the first time I knew they played Mr. Brightside was this morning. I saw that video this morning for the first time. I'm like, and, this uh, fucking rules. Oh, Hayward threw a Frisbee to Zeke and Zeke caught it. <laughs> the crowd went, like it was like a, like a bunch, they won. And then a bunch of insanity just like happened at once. And everyone like overloaded. And they were like playing Mr. Brightside. Hayward grabbed the Frisbees and threw a 15 yard Frisbee and Zeke caught it. And the crowd's losing it. Yeah. Dean Reed's back flipping. It was like, Rent what free. is happening right now? Reed did the back flip. Aaron. It was like a painting. <laughs> and uh, Cassie FaceTimed me and she's sitting there talking. And I'm like, I can't hear a fucking word. There's like 70,000 people here still. I said, I'll see you later. I'm going to do some victory beers or shots with the tailgate. I love you. Like, I can't hear you, so I'm just going to let you go. And, uh, yeah, that was great. But um, so let's talk Purdue. People, On to Purdue. People are very nervous about this game. I'm, I'm kind of nervous. I just watched the Nebraska-Purdue game. Uh, actually, on the if they win, they're bowl eligible, so they have a lot on the line for this game. Yeah, I, I, like, I think it's hilarious how Purdue's new thing is like, it's like, hey, like, this you haven't heard of this linebacker before now, you haven't heard of this wide receiver before now, but he's just going to torch people for three years and be an impact player in the NFL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's Purdue's thing is just like a random wide receiver who comes out of nowhere. Like first there's Rondale Moore and now it's David Bell. <laughs> so it's, that's cool. Uh, that's fun. That's what a fun, sexy time for Purdue. <laughs> yeah, like Purdue doesn't really run the ball a lot um, for obvious reason. So I don't think it's going to be an issue for us. But man, <laughs> our our bend but don't break defenses. Uh, They're going to be doing a lot of bending. Going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of bending. Um. But I'm nervous about it, but I'm excited mostly because Mitch got the hookup and um, we're going to the game. So that's uh, awesome. He's he's going to come over Friday night and stay the night in my house. And um, then we're going to go to the game Saturday morning. So it's nice. So that's not a noon game. We have to wake up at like six in the morning. Is he bringing his sleeping bag and block and pajamas or is he? <laughs> <laughs> I have a horn ready if he wants it. <laughs> his, uh, his therapy horn. 
um, his therapy hoard. <laughs> that's Devo piece. He brings that everywhere with him. Oh God. It's like a, that recently. It's like a stress ball whenever he's in like uh crowded, whatever he <laughs> the orange. <laughs> I can imagine just like a six-year-old devotee getting ready to see Santa and he's so fucking freaked out. He's just honking the fucking horn. <laughs> oh, go, 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 go. <laughs> um, I haven't looked much in this game for obvious reasons, um, but I think it's time to, you know, we, we have our win and, you know, we're going to talk about it forever, but um, so I can't remember. When was the last time we were 9-0? Like 1960? 2015. No, we were eight. Did we go eight? Oh, we lost to Nebraska. We were eight. Uh All the refs. (laughs) The refs. Um, um. So I don't know what your guys' thoughts. Like Carter, what what are your early thoughts on this Purdue game? I'm I'm kind of nervous. Oh, I'm absolutely buying into it as a trap game. I mean, Purdue is no pushover team. I think they're decently coached. I think there's talent on both sides of the ball obviously as Steve mentioned with uh, David Bell the guy torched Iowa for what like 200 yards and three touchdowns some absurd number the guy's really good and he's going to be playing on Sundays next year I think they also have uh, George Karlaftis who's also looked at uh, he's a defensive end he's uh, probably a first round guy and it, and it absolutely screams trap game I mean Purdue is obviously not your conventionally you know powerhouse team but they will compete and they do like to throw the ball and we're not great at defending the ball or yeah, defending the ball when it's in the air, I guess. Um, so, but the, the thing that I like the most is Tucker's going to have these guys prepared. Like I was actually, as I was leaving work, I was driving through uh, and I, and I passed the Scandalaris and you can see through the Scandalaris and I see, and I see Pete like Purdue Pete or whatever his name is, is, is like on a screen and it says laser focus. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. These guys are have completely moved on from last week. They're moving Good. on to the next week already. And that's have you guys seen, of- have you guys seen Purdue's drum? Have you seen the size yeah. of Purdue's drum? It's massive. It's they a w- big, couldn't get it in a Notre Dame stadium. Yeah. No, it's Notre Dame. Stuff. It's not that there was oh. no, they said no. Notre Dame didn't allow it in the stadium. They didn't think they could get it in there, and they thought they couldn't. And, and Notre Dame was like, no. Uh, you know you know who else was told no? Uh, Jesus. So that seems a little hypothetical in Notre Dame, honestly. <laughs> now, I'm not saying the drum is the Messiah, but how do we know it's not? When Joseph was denied at the end, Jesus was born. When Michael Scott was denied a room at the end, that story is yet to be told. <laughs> that was a deep cut. <laughs> uh, I have when the one drum more. was denied at the end, they lost. I have one more. Uh, I have one more Harbaugh joke, uh, and then All I right. can get my. And then we can get final thoughts. Um, every Michigan fan. Uh, waking up Sunday morning. Uh, I thought Jim Harbaugh was going to be a hit. Turns out it <laughs> fucking sucks. <laughs> I bought 50,000 khaki pants. 1,000 pom-poms. <laughs> I bought 1,000 pom-poms. I thought it was going to be a hit. <laughs> okay. I have to say, I don't like Don Thomas. I, I think that's pretty well known. And I know he doesn't like me, 
And I'm sure if I met him, he would be a very nice person. All I want John to answer is where was Gary McNamara on January 6th? That's all I want to know. <laughs> if John would just tell me where Gary McNamara was on January 6th, I'd leave him the fuck alone. If- but he won't tell me. Do you know why? Because Gary McNamara was probably somewhere he shouldn't have been on January 6th. If he was just in his home, fucking jerking off, watching TV, Don would have no problem telling me Gary McNamara was at home jerking off, watching TV. Don was probably there with his good friend, um, Gary McNamara. Um, But no, if, okay, I just want to say one thing. I know he's never going to listen, but someone might clip it for him. He called us scammers. Because he thought we were the ones making the uh, <laughs> the funny account where you donate to help Michigan fans donate buy to get get that a ticket, so a good. raffle. But like <laughs> he thought that was us, and I just happened to message him from his podcast divided Facebook page. I'm like, hey man, I don't appreciate that. I did not appreciate that. I, I get that we have beef, but like, when have we ever had a history of that? And so then we had our tweet where we're like. The only scam we pull off is Zanjo, um, which was great. Spartan knocked out of that part. He, we workshopped it. And then <laughs> what's really funny is he helps scam people into buying Raid the Woodshed t-shirts. Boy, how did that go, buddy? And he scammed Blue by 90 into ordering pom-poms, which were probably 2 or $3 a piece. So... I mean, let, let's take a look in the mirror here and take a look at your fan base. I'm not going to go into that person, but let's just take a look. That's all I had to say, and I'm done talking about the guy, but I just had to bring up, it was Emperor Palpatine, how ironic that was. But that's my final thoughts is fuck Michigan. Keep doing the little brother shit. It works for us. Yeah, no, you guys will get us next year. You know, Kenneth Walker is going to be gone. Uh, uh, Jane Reed's probably going to be gone. Uh, you know, keep, keep, you guys got us next year for sure. You guys should definitely, you know, just kind of be overconfident walking into the game next year. Like this time it'll work. I promise you you're terrified of Mel Tucker and you are, you're scared. You're scared. You're, 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 you are saying Tuck's leaving. I saw a game day sign saying Tuck leaving. Um, a, 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 a secure Michigan fan would not say that stuff. You are terrified of what he can do. No, I don't care if Harbaugh stays or goes. I think it's funny. I think Harbaugh staying is funny. Mel Tucker in year two has leveled the playing field with Michigan. It's been seven years for Jim Harbaugh. Mel Tucker went from zero to a thousand. And and I think I said this last year, Lucas. It this it, it's not like it's not like. It's not like Harbaugh walked into a fucking walked into 1945 London and was like, oh shit, look at all this work I have to do. Hoke was signing top 10 classes. Just yeah. wasn't doing shit with them. Hoke was a phenomenal recruiter. And Harbaugh, hey, guess what? Harbaugh did his best winning with Hoke's recruits. I'm just saying. I'm not I'm not saying I'm, but I'm saying. Yeah, I'm I'm not joking on that one. But uh you know, I, think, I go ahead, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead, Matt. I'm no, done. I was saying, well, I think you can tell from this season, um, if we're gonna gonna give some thoughts on Jim Harbaugh, um, is that the the rhetoric doesn't point to it, but the actions do that Jim Harbaugh is trying to 
Turtle to keep his job. Um, I think it's apparent by only running, not taking a lot of risks, and then getting to the MSU game and still thinking you could run the dual quarterback system. And even to this point now that um, they blew a 16-point lead and they're st- the entire football team, all of their pressers there are blaming the refs. What team does that unless you hear it directly from the top, which means Jim Harbaugh knows that he can't face himself in the mirror and think he's not under the, hot, under, under the gun, basically, by uh, going, I fucked up. No, it's, it's the ref's fault. And the refs weren't scoring. But for some reason, he's now taking this full stance on the refs. And it's, it's, uh, it's fun to laugh because um, Michigan fans uh, hold their, their, their shit, you know, in such regard. And all of a sudden, uh, here they are now at probably one of the lowest points a fan base can get is just bemoaning refs. And they've done it twice already in the Harbaugh tenure. And this is a bigger one than the JT Barrett thing. Because he only hinted about ref issues in the JT Barrett one. But this one, if you watch that presser, he goes on a full complaint rant. And I think that shows you where they are as a program. And you're right, Esty. It's a uh, secure Michigan fans don't do that. That is that is a um, a cry for help as a program. And no, unfortunately, I mean- their delusion is going to look past it. They're going to wait until these symptom- symptoms get uh, deadly for their program. Right. They... It's already deadly. I mean, look, look at what look what Harbaugh did this offseason. He had one he had the worst year in his tenure by far. And you know, I I think everyone was willing to kind of give uh everyone a pass for last pass, year yeah. because of COVID and and you know the the condensed schedule, the it's off, now it's on. And the, you know, from 10 games to seven to, you know, games have to be moved around and rescheduled, right? I think everyone was willing to give everyone a pass, right? Harbaugh goes from, we're one of the only teams in the country who hasn't had a positive test. We are staying positive, testing negative, right? We want to play. By the end of that season, you go, we have too many positive tests we cannot play. You were sitting on the team in the athletic department. In the athletic department, correct. They were cross country runners who had COVID, and they're like, "Oh shit, we can't play," because they wanted to. They wanted, they wanted to kneecap Ohio State and prevent them from going to Indy because because of the rule that they didn't have enough games in order to play a full in order to qualify for the championship. And the Big Ten's like, they were so arrogant. They were so arrogant that they thought the that they thought the conference was gonna go. Oh, Michigan can't play. Oh well, and just fucking butt fuck Ohio State out of a playoff spot. That's how arrogant they are. That they thought Ohio. That they thought they were just the Big Ten was just gonna fuck over Ohio State because it was a rule they agreed to. A year ago, because <laughs> it was a rule they agreed to, like, so they could get playing again. And then Harbaugh takes a 50% pay cut and essentially reduces his buyout down to a handshake and a goodbye tweet.
and still thinks that he's God's gift to college football. I have a bold prediction that I think is going to come true. So, so bet against me, hedge me, or fade, fade Lucas. Um, fade Lucas. Fade Lucas. Michigan's going to go 10 and 2 with their two losses to their arch rivals. And I think Michigan. We're not their rival, Lucas. We're not their rival. We're the we're the freshman team, Um, as as our friend Richard said, eat a dick, asshole. Um, No, eat a shoe. You said you would eat a shoe. Eat a shoe. Eat Eat your fucking shoe, you fucking bitch. Eat a shoe. Eat a a big tall Doc Martin. Um, I don't care. You could. I don't care if you you like made a. Yeah, you could eat a hamburger in the shape of a shoe. I don't care. And he ate a cake in the shape of a shoe. Yeah, make a cake out of the shape of a shoe. Whatever. No, I, want, I want shoe. I want actual shoe. I know you want actual shoe. Some barbecue shoe. sauce. Yeah, something made for a foot. <laughs> sriracha. I would I would like to see some sriracha. Jim Harbaugh is going to go 10-2, and two, and Michigan is going to fire him behind closed doors, and Stephen Ross is going to fire Brian Flores, and Jim Harbaugh will be going to Miami to try to be the quarterback rescuer or quarterback whisper for Tua Tagovailoa. That's my prediction. The Dolphins are complete ass. They have no running game. Tua's not very good. Um, shocker. But um, I, that's my prediction is that he's going to win 10 games and they're behind closed doors are going to be like, what the fuck, man? You know, wasn't enough. Yeah, they're going to be like, oh, he's going to be like, well, I beat, I beat 10 other teams and they're just going to go, cares? <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna sign him up for a deed <laughs> no like honestly like that's gonna be that's gonna be the ultimate example of michigan's arrogance right they're gonna go 10 and 2 isn't good enough they're and because you know what i think i think i think michigan has something going but there has to be there has to be a lot of salvaging going on, right? Because as it stands right now, Valenny's right. JJ and Kate are going to go into his office and say him or me. Yeah. yeah. If I'm JJ or if I'm Cade, I'm not sticking around. Why the Kate's fuck would senior? I do that? Cade's a sophomore. Oh, I didn't realize that. I was thinking he was a junior or a senior. No, Cade's a, <laughs> Kate's a oh, sophomore. No. Kate's a sophomore with, with an extra year of COVID eligibility. I'm going to predict Kate goes. I think Kate's going to go and he'll go to a program like Baylor or Texas or USC. And he's going to, and he's going to, you know, he's going to be fine. He's going to be serviceable. And Hartball's going to run JJ into the ground. He's going to crash and burn. Yep. And it's going to be on the next one. It's going to be the quarterback graveyard meme. Right. We're, we're waiting for you. You know, whoever is next, Har- Lloyd Carr's grandson. Harbaugh locked into Andrew Locke. Now he's coming to see. Yeah. That, that'd be the best. That'd be great. The, oh, my God. F- get Lloyd Carr's grandson. Oh, man. Being boner. Richard, Richard might kill himself. <laughs> Richard might so take a we're not laughing at suicide. We're just laughing at Richard. No, um, Richard would Richard would take a fucking toaster bath. If, oh, they um, you. Jojo, 
Did you see Joe- someone posted the Michigan bingo card that uh, <laughs> that Valeni had? JoJo would try to stick a 12 gauge in his mouth and fucking miss. Hey, it was his birthday <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> JoJo jo- 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 jo would try to tie a noose like a shoelace. And when he kicked the chair out, he'd bring his whole fucking, he would try to tie himself to his TV. He would try to tie his noose to his TV. Jo- and it would it just was- fucking come down. It was JoJo's birthday on October. Are you 30th. changing the subject because you want me to stop talking about people killing themselves? Yes, okay. yes and and, I, and we're gonna go. So um, <laughs> JoJo tried to kill himself. It looked like Wiley Coyote tried to catch the road water runner, where it just backfires in hilarious ways. Like he okay, himself so, up with dynamite. All right, where he, like JoJo tries to run off a cliff and just runs across, <laughs> just like runs across the gap. All right, fellas, we're going to end the pod there. Thanks, Carter and Matt and SD. Um, Carter, once again, is our new third co-host and uh, might be my second co-host if uh, SD gets canceled eventually. It's just – it's due to happen. Um, I'm uncancelable. I don't make – I'm uncan. I joke about the right – I joke about white guys. I don't – you don't get canceled for making fun of white guys. Oh, okay. Very good, as uh, Dan Levitard says. So, fellas – Thanks for coming on, and uh, let's go to 9-0 this weekend. I'll be there. Bacon Wire live podcast. Oh. Probably not. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Just be in my little black <laughs> little black table in a camping chair and, like, my phone um, with, like, a tape sign saying Bacon Wire live, and everyone I was about like, to. I was about to say, you don't, I don't think you have the facilities for that, big man. <laughs> but I'll try it. Um, all right, fellas, right now, goal's all ahead of us. Let's see how we look tomorrow night in the college football rankings, the playoff rankings. What's your prediction to end the pod? I think we're going to be five. Don't be surprised if Cincinnati's not in the four. I think that's what I'm going to say. I think we're in. Don't be surprised. Okay. Don't be surprised. I'm not saying we're in, but I'm saying don't be surprised if Cincinnati's out. That's all I'm going to say. All right, fellas, we're out. Go fucking green. Go fucking white. Fuck you, Michigan fans, you pieces of shit. Except you, Trevor. You're cool. I love you. Yeah, Trevor's cool. What up, Trev? Love you, Trevor. Trevor. (laughs) Be kind.